0: Hebrews 6.19. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. That has helped me so much. I've listened to that session so many times over the years just to remind myself when these little frustrations arise, I want to handle them with grace. We're pausing in that moment and remembering to anchor into Christ and that Christ is just right there behind the veil. He's with me, he's ready to help. I need to anchor into him and ask him for help in this situation.
1: Hi, you're listening to the Zan Tyler Podcast. Hi, my name is Zan Tyler, and this podcast is brought to you by BJU Press Homeschool. Homeschooling is an exciting adventure we take with our children. One of the most challenging parts of this journey is choosing the curriculum you want to use. BJU Press Homeschool is a curriculum you can trust. All the books, resources, and videos have been designed with you and your child in mind. Their curriculum is educationally robust and rich, taking into account that children have different learning styles, strengths, and needs. Mom, you are in charge. BJU Press Homeschool is here to come alongside and support you. Do you need help with the teaching load, or is there a subject you just don't want to teach? Their amazing video courses are available for all grades in almost every subject. BJU Press Homeschool believes that homeschooling can produce a new generation of students who know God, love their neighbors, and stand firm in their faith. For more information, go to BJUPressHomeschool.com. That's BJUPressHomeschool.com. Hey everybody, welcome to the Zan Tyler podcast. I'm your host Zan Tyler and I'm really glad you're here. Tana Meyer is here with me today and you are going to love her and be encouraged in your homeschooling journey as you listen in today. Tana is homeschooling six amazing, messy, loud, beautiful children, Those are her words, not mine, and we can (laughs) all relate to that. She's been encouraging moms for years through her proverbial homemaker ministry. She's a blogger, speaker, and content creator. And just as a side note, before motherhood, she was a software systems analyst. Besides homeschooling, Tana and I have three interesting things in common. First, we both view chocolate as a primary food group. We both entered adulthood with zero homemaking and cooking skills, and our husbands think they are stand-up comedians. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. It's true. They are. They're pretty funny. So, Karana, thank you so much for being here with me today. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's going to be great.
1: Well, hey, oh, listen, I did see when I was reading, going back and reading some information on your proverbial homemaker website, that you actually raced a car in a motocross event. So, yes, I did. You got to tell me about that because Joe and I this year parachuted with the Golden Knights when we were at an army educator function. Wow. (laughs) That's exciting. Like you said, you drove the motor car, the motocross car event once. We parachuted once.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was with some friends who were really into motocross and they're like, here, you can do it. You can just use our car. So I was like, okay, I might've been the slowest one out there, but, (laughs) but I made it across, you know, and I was terrified. I was clutching that wheel, but I made it. (laughs) So so do you think you ever made it up to a hundred? (laughs) No, not at all. Because you're going around all these, these, um, you know, tires and turns and you're doing all these things. And, you know, I probably drive faster now than I did then.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right you got six kids. Yeah. You always got to be sure. somewhere Yeah. five minutes ago. That's the um, real
0: motocross.
1: Yeah, that, that is true. Now you could probably go
0: back and really kill that course. That's right. <laughs> so, Me and my 15-passenger van. Yeah. <laughs> now that's talent. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> hey, listen, would you share just your story with us? Um just the story you shared with us with me when we were talking the other day. It was just so encouraging how you got into homeschooling, what your life was like before you became a Christian, those types of things.
0: Yeah, it's um it was a pretty it, I love the story because it just shows what God can do with somebody even like me. <laughs> You know, if I can homeschool, I like to tell people if I can homeschool, anybody can homeschool. Um, My husband and I, when we met, we, even before we got married, we talked about homeschooling our kids. And what we we knew that we wanted a Christ-centered education for our children, even though at the time we really didn't even know what that meant. We just knew that that's what we wanted. And we didn't know what that looked like. That's not something that was necessarily... um, our full experience growing up. I was saved in my mid twenties and I had a very, um, you know, rocky, um, I shouldn't say not really childhood, but my, my twenties, my early, my late teens and my early twenties were pretty dramatic and, um, very lost. And so when I became saved, when God saved me, it was a radical transformation in my life. And so, When my husband met me, I'd been saved for just about a year, and um, we started talking about getting married pretty pretty quickly, and started talking about how we wanted to raise children. And you know, his experience was that he was saved when he was in I think junior high or high school, and so we had I have this cousin who we spent some time with, um, my husband and I, and. We looked at their kids, and their kids were just amazing. They loved each other. That family loves being together. Their kids are just so full of joy. They're loving toward each other. I mean, you know, they have their issues just like everyone else. (laughs) They're bickering. But they were so loving and kind, and they engaged with the world around them, and they served with whole hearts. And we are like, we want that for our kids. That's what we want to do. We want that for our family. And so they started talking to us about homeschooling. I remember going over to their house and seeing their sky high, you know, bookshelves and totally drooling <laughs> over that. And, um, you know, now that's my mission in life is to have bookshelves <laughs> like that. Um, I oh, will have but, to tell Joe,
1: I'll have to tell him there's a new kind of bookshelf because we've got about 7,000 he's built in our home <laughs> and he'll be delighted. There's another kind he can look.
0: Oh at. yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah yeah, my husband's always like, do you need more books? And I'm like, why are you still asking that question? (laughs) Isn't that a (laughs) moot point? point? Yes. Okay. So I interrupted
1: you. You were talking to your
0: cousin. Yes. And so she told me you should come to the Ocean Network conference. And so she told me what Ocean Network was. Ocean Network is the Oregon Christian Home Education Association Network here in Oregon. So basically it's the state homeschool organization. And here in the state we live in in Oregon, and um, they put on an annual conference and so I was like okay I'll go and you know they made it free for parents of preschoolers our oldest was four and so this was in 2010 and um, we so my husband and I went and it it blew us away it was first of all it was a bit of a culture shock because we had never seen anything like this before um, all these people with you know, bringing their kids to a conference, like all their kids, truckloads of kids at a time. (laughs) (laughs) We're like, what is going on? Um, Because we didn't, you know, we didn't come from large families. We weren't expecting to have a large family or even we didn't even talk about it. It just kind of happened. And then um, anyway, they were, we remember pointing out all these kids in the audience listening You know, the keynotes that year were Rick and Marilyn Boyer, and we love them. And we've used their resources over the years, but that was the first time we heard them. And all these kids in the audience were all nodding and laughing at the jokes. And we're like elbowing each other and pointing at these kids. Look at these kids. They're so interested in this, you know, lecture happening up here. What's going on? We never were like that when we were kids. So anyway, we were so impressed by... Um, what was taught, we heard things about family discipleship and home education that were completely new concepts to us, and we were just in love with it. And so we we were all in from day one. So we went to almost every conference ever since then. Um, and then over the years, we ended up starting volunteering with Ocean Network. So it was a huge blessing.
1: Oh, that, that is great. So that was 2010. Is that the year you started homeschooling then? Yeah, I mean... Well, your kids were four
0: and under. Yeah, my my oldest was four. And I remember, you know, I even bought like the really, I bought some really fancy printable curriculum for him and because I felt like I, you know, had to do that (laughs) and it was fine. I mean, he's not in therapy over it or anything, but (laughs) we didn't, we didn't really need to, but it was fun for me. You know, it was like, look at me, I'm homeschooling (laughs) with, you know, these printables and I have no idea what I'm doing, but it's fun. and. (laughs) You know, keeps us busy. And nowadays, you know, my preschoolers basically just roll in the dirt and try not to hit each other. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what we're aiming for in preschool,
1: <laughs> right? Is the is Jenny Urich's a thousand hours outside concept? Yes. <laughs> yeah, makes for great kids. Um, yeah. So you've been homeschooling about ten or twelve years now. Yeah. So what do you love the most, or I guess what's been the most surprising part of homeschooling to you and what do you love about it?
0: Um, I think, well, what I love most about it is just being able to spend time with my kids, just having, you know, we have our time together is so much more than just the, you know, hour of lessons at the table that we might do with the younger kids. We get to, really get to know our kids and observe them and have these rich conversations with them at any hour of the day. We're there when they have the big questions. And I love that. I love teaching them scripture and talking with them and learning with them. Um, and I think that part is the part I was surprised about is, you know, like in high school, I hated history. I hated it. I was like, this is boring. It's a bunch of dates, bunch of dead people. I don't care. Um, I love history now because I can teach it to my children in a way that's engaging and uses literature. And so we're learning together. You know, I'm learning just as much as they are. I have I'm getting reeducated all over again, along with my kids. I think that's the part that surprised me. Uh, But my favorite part is just the rich relationships I get to develop with my children and then teaching them God's word.
1: You know, um, some, my kids are grown and gone and they all have kids of their own now. And somebody asked me the other day, you know, how long did it, take you to get used to your empty nest and I said get used to it never I mean I loved those homeschooling days of being with them and I'd give anything just to have one day in the middle of my week you know where they were back in those ages don't don't get me wrong I love my adult kids and I adore my grandchildren and um, boy is that ever the big payoff but but it, it is you know I really want to encourage moms to enjoy that time and and develop relationships with their children and everything else will spring from that. And uh, Mm -hmm. especially in combination with a love for God's word. And speaking of, do you have a favorite passage or script or guiding scriptural principle that has kept you grounded throughout your homeschooling years?
0: Um, I, I have different favorites that pop up right now. The one, you know, this one, the one, um, that I'm going to share right now. This is actually one that popped up early on in our homeschooling years. Again, from a conference we went to, we heard Norm Wakefield talk and he talked about anchoring into Christ in for the homeschool mom and what that meant for the small storms in life, you know um, whether it's that them just dumping things on the floor for the 50th time or getting in an argument and the really big things in life, you know, what they're going to do with their life or or their career or big character issues. And he talked about anchoring into Christ in those times and relying on his strength instead of our own. And the scripture, he sa- shared several scriptures, but one of the ones was Hebrews six nineteen. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enter- enters into the inner place behind the curtain. And just That has helped me so much. I've listened to that session so many times over the years just to remind myself when, you know, when these little frustrations arise, I want to handle them with grace. But that's not my instinct. My instinct is to react and to be harsh. That's just how I am. And so pausing in that moment and remembering to anchor into Christ and that Christ is just right there behind the veil. He's with me. He's ready to help I need to anchor into him and ask him for help in this situation. Lord, what do you want me to do in this situation? What words of life do you want me to speak to my children? How can I, you know, turn this situation for your glory instead of turning it into, you know, a complete disaster? And sometimes that means I make a mistake or I even sin against my children and am harsh, you know, and I'm irritable. And for me, you know, irritability with my kids is something I've struggled with over the years. And so I view it as a sin issue. And so there are moments when I'm irritable with my kids still. And I have, I have learned through this scripture and through this practice to stop and be like, you know what? That was wrong. I should not have reacted that way to you. I am so sorry. Will you please forgive me? And then I say next time, this is what I'm going to do. And then I make it right in that situation. And so Sometimes anchoring into Christ means modeling for our children what it's like to confess and repent and to put, you know, put, put the glory for God and lean on to God and pray, you know, in those moments, one of my favorite things to do, although it took a while to get used to it because it felt kind of awkward and foreign at first, is to just stop in those moments, whether it's me being irritable or an argument with the kids that, that the kids are having, to stop and just pray and ask God to be there with us you know, or acknowledge that he's already there with us, ask him for his strength and his help and his Holy Spirit in our home. Um, so anyway, that's and, a long answer for that no, question. No, no. <laughs> it's
1: so powerful. I don't know how many times we have stopped and prayed over algebra problems or, you right. know, m- math concepts. It's just, it's great that we can homeschool and we can pray and read God's word and we're not breaking any laws. It's, it's a wonderful way yeah. to be able to, to teach and train our children.
0: Yeah, and you know, I love that's uh, that's a part I do love about this experience of homeschooling is we can teach our kids how to apply God's word and how to have a relationship with God even in the details. I'm always telling my kids, God cares about the details too. He cares about how we handle the roadblocks in our algebra 1 or he cares about how we handle, you know, it when somebody takes a toy from us. So let's go to God together. Um and that's always a good, you know, I'm I feel myself preaching to myself in those moments, you know, <laughs> like, that,
1: I need right? this I mean, just as much as they do. Martin Luther used to say, we need to preach the gospel to ourselves every day. And, um, right. and homeschooling sort of brings you to that point in your life every day where you do need to preach the gospel to yourself, yeah. that that good news of Jesus and the grace that is found in him. Um Okay, let me ask you this, Tana, I have, I've had so much fun over the years getting to know you just when we've been at conferences or on the road or at our foundation summit, but I really loved reading through your website and reading your workshop descriptions. So I have never done this before, but I just <laughs> want to read this workshop description out loud, maybe because it makes me feel better about myself and um, <laughs> but it might make other moms feel better about themselves too. And the title of this is Homeschool Success for the Type B Homeschool Mom. So you're not the Martha Stewart of homeschooling? No problem. You can do this. Get practical tips and encouragement for thriving in your homeschool. You'll learn how to deal with doubts and fears, stop the comparison trap, conquer the organizational challenge, and get on top of your homeschool days with confidence. So I'm just telling you, if Tana's ever in your area or she's speaking online, you need to hear that workshop. So Tana, (laughs) since I have you here, I'm just going to ask you, um what are some of those ways that you organize your days for those of us who are more organizationally challenged
0: yeah um i love talking that's my favorite session because i love talking about it because i think homeschool moms who you know we tend to look around on pinterest or instagram or other blogs and think i need to be like that i need to be super organized or i need to have all my days really structured if i'm going to be successful and um I am proof positive that that doesn't work for some people. <laughs> so, you know, I really tried in our early years of homeschooling to fit into that mold and to make that happen. I'm convinced that if I just, you know, sucked it up and did better, that I could homeschool like that, that my homeschool could look like that. And I learned through that process that, um, you know, God designs each of us differently. And he designs me with certain strengths and weaknesses. And instead of fighting and trying to fit myself into some, some other mold, whether it's just an ideal I put in my mind of what a homeschool mom should be like, um, or something, you know, a book tells me instead of going for that, I can start with what I have, start with what the Lord has given me now, and then rely on him to show me each step of the way, how to build a homeschool and a system for our family that works for us naturally. So, um, the first thing I did, I remember, I, you know, I really struggled for a couple of years with that. I take, I have a, I have a long learning curve. It takes me a while to learn things like this. But so after a couple of years, I just decided I'm scrapping that. I'm just going to start by prayer and praying over these different areas of our homeschool, like, you know, planning for the future and, um, family discipleship and character and all these things, just pray about it. I spent about a month doing that. And then I decided, okay, I'm going to start building a routine and a rhythm for our home and our homeschool that's based on what we already do. So the way I like to explain this to other type B homeschool moms like me is start with what you already do. And the way I think of it is like pretend you're on a lake in a boat. Your little homeschool is in a boat and there are rocks along the way. And your, your goal is to get from one side of the lake to the other in a day. So think about those rocks that happen every single day, no matter what. So for all of us, we wake up eventually, we have breakfast, lunch, and dinner because they won't let us skip it. And, (laughs) you know, I mean, they're going to, we might even have second breakfast. If that's a regular, (laughs) that's a rock. And then our final rock is going to bed. And some of us might have other rocks that always happen in our day right now for our season of life. Like maybe you You have a a baby that always takes a nap at a certain time. The idea is that you say, okay, I'm going to build, I want to build a routine, not a schedule, but a routine that works for my family based on these milestones in our day. So instead of looking at the clock, you look at these milestones in your day. So for example, the first thing we did was, okay, we want to make sure that we have regular Bible time with our kids. So we are going to take that task and we're going to anchor it to one of those rocks. And which rock are we going to anchor it to? And we anchored it to breakfast because their mouths were full. And so they were quiet and they were (laughs) strapped in so they couldn't go anywhere anyway. And we had a captive audience. And so that makes sense. So we read the Bible during breakfast and that simple activity, we practiced it until it became a habit. And then we picked up the next task that we wanted to do and anchored it to a new rock. So as you're going through the system, it sounds so simple, but I still do this. Whenever I have something, you know, a habit or a task that I want to add to our day, this simple activity is what I do. I think about it that way. What rock do I have in my day that I can anchor this task to and make it? When you do it that way, instead of coming up with an elaborate schedule and trying to cram your family into it, you're building a routine that's sustainable and that is natural for your family And over the years, we have seen that when everything falls apart for some reason, like we have a baby or we move or some other life change um, or when COVID hits, you know, whatever it is, that our family now adjusts naturally because we have these habits that are built on what we already did, you know? So that's how I started to build a routine that really helped. Um, As far as like organization, that's like a whole nother story. I am not an organized person. Um, so what other really good organizational people tell you to do, um, it doesn't work for me. So what works for me is, you know, like, for example, I have bins in my house that I've purchased because they look really cute and bins and baskets and, you know, these organizational systems. And what I like to do is take random stuff and shove them into those bins and close them and then forget what's in them. That's how (laughs) I function. (laughs) Right. So I can relate to that. (laughs) So I realized that what, uh, what actually makes me more efficient is just to have a table next to our a, a little table next to our dining room table and have the stacks of books that we're going to be using. And it's not pretty, but I can see them. And so I don't forget they're there. We have our stuff easily reachable from where we are. And <clears throat> so for me, staying organized means put things where it makes sense you know if i if i were to think to myself if i were to go for, try to find this item whether it's scissors or this math book where am i most likely to look first so that's where i go put it and then i make sure it's visible because if i put it in a bin or a bag or tuck it behind something so it looks pretty it's gone i might as well have just thrown it in the garbage <laughs> right so, so um yeah so that I, really works for me
1: and i think it's so good for moms to hear this because everybody functions Well, in different ways, and we Mm -hmm. need to understand that um, if our neighbor just because our neighbor is homeschooling one way doesn't mean that's necessarily going to work for us. And if we can realize that, Tana, this is what I love so much about what you say. Then we quit comparing ourselves to other Mm -hmm. moms and their children, and really focus on the gifts that our kids have and we have in terms of the way we teach. Right. And it makes makes life a lot happier.
0: Right. And that's you know, that's what I love to talk to moms about, you know, not so much do things the way I do them because they're better than the way the type A people do them. It's more like think outside the box. Think outside of what you see out there. You you know, glean ideas, but then think what would work best for my family, for my strengths and weaknesses, for how my family functions and then build based on that, and you will end up with something that's far more sustainable and enjoyable for both you and your kids.
1: Yeah, That, that is so powerful. Listen, this is, I think this is too big a topic for us to talk, talk about today. But I w- if you could explain to people real simply what loop scheduling is, and yeah. then just give them a place where they can find you or find out more about that,
0: that would be great. Yeah, absolutely. Loop scheduling is another favorite topic of mine because it, it really fits how I think about things and how I organize um, pretty much every task I have in my life. Um, so when I mentioned that I had tried to put together these elaborate schedules and fit my family into them and it didn't work, part of that was what do we do every day? You know, do we do all these subjects every day or do I do detailed lesson planning? And um, all of those things have their place but again I realized they didn't work for me. And what would happen is I would create these beautiful color-coded, you know, schedules with half-hour increments or elaborate lesson plans and then, you know, I would bail on it about halfway through the day and feel like a failure. And so what I needed was something more flexible. So I started just putting everything on a big list and working my way down it. So, you know, in the morning we would do a couple things on the list and I would just keep working my way down. And when I got to the bottom, I'd go back to the top. And, um, you know, other than Bible and math and read alouds, everything went on this rotating list. And then I learned probably, I don't know, a couple months later that there, there were other people doing this and it was called loop scheduling. And so if you look it up on Google, you can get all sorts of ideas about how different people do loop scheduling. But the way I started was really simple. And that's how I recommend others start too. just put very, you know, very few things—a blessedly short list for your daily dues—is what I call my daily dues, and then my loop de loops So, for your daily dues, put two or three things that you know you can accomplish. So, I know that most days—not all days, but most days—we can do Bible, math, and read alouds. Um, and if that's all we accomplish for the day, because it just everything went downhill, that's okay. I feel like we succeeded. Honestly, there are days where all we get done is Bible. And I have to just say, that is what we're doing today. And that's fine. Tomorrow's a new day. Um, But you make that blessedly short list. And then everything else I put on a loop schedule. So uh, basically, a loop schedule is just a rotating list where you get to the bottom and then you go back to the top. So the reason I like this is because we would do our daily dues, and then we do one thing on our looping list. Maybe that's science or art or, you know, the things that always fall through the cracks for you whatever those things are, put those on your looping list. And we would just do one to start with. And we still often just do one. And the reason I like this is because if we don't get to it that day, it's no big deal. It's not some item on a calendar that now we have to move to the next day or feel like we failed because the checkbox isn't checked. We just pick up the next day right where we left off and move on. So it gave me this sense of, I'm never behind. We're doing exactly what we're supposed to do today. And, I can all, and we're making progress with the things that before were always falling through the cracks, right? So when I put this into practice, and I've been doing this for years now, but when I put that into practice, it was so effective that when my older kids got more independent, they now have their own loop schedule that they rotate through and it keeps them really independent and accountable. And I use loop scheduling for homemaking. Um, all of my homemaking tasks are in a loop schedule because, you know, I don't like homemaking to be honest. I love homemaking. I don't like cleaning. That's really
1: right. what I well, so. I've decided that I like making messes <laughs> and having fun with my kids and none <laughs> yeah. of us like cleaning it up. So, so right. I was the yeah. chaos. I was part of the chaos creator in my
0: home. So uh, right. anyway, go ahead. So this is why totally. I love I'm <laughs> the same. <laughs> I mean, I leave piles of stuff everywhere just as much as the kids do. So with this system, it's like, okay, it's much more manageable to do one thing on my loop schedule list for the day, rather than think everything's a disaster. I need to clean everything right now, or I'm a failure. But instead I just do the next thing on my list and rotate through it. Um, I even put all of our, you know, you know, when spring rolls around and everybody's like, we're going to do spring cleaning and it's going to be amazing. And then You do maybe a fourth of a room and then everything's messier than it was before and you abandon the whole thing altogether. (laughs) Or maybe that's just me. (laughs) So instead of doing that, I just put the whole um, spring cleaning list on a loop schedule. So once a week, I get to my spring cleaning task and I turn the page over and find something that I can do that day that doesn't overwhelm me too much. And I do that. So I'm doing things all year round, again, making progress. But I don't feel locked in. And so if something doesn't happen that day, it's not like the whole world does fall apart. Um, So if you want to get started with loop scheduling, you can go to proverbialhomemaker.com. That's my blog. And just type in loop scheduling. I have a video about how to get started with it, how to use it for your homeschooling and homemaking. I even have a course that you can take if you want to really dig deep because there's a lot more things you can do with it. You can have sub loops and all sorts of things. Um, But to start with, there's some free templates you can download and I just recommend starting there and, you know, two or three things on your blessedly short daily list, put everything else, maybe seven things on a loop. Um, And I think I have some pictures on that, on those posts too, of what my kids' loop schedules look like. Um, These days, you know, my oldest is going into high school and I've created a high school planner for him that uses loop scheduling because that's what he's known for so many years and it works well for him too. So there's lots of different ways you can use it. It's a really helpful tool.
1: You know, that I, I really appreciate that, Tana, because everybody functions differently, and it's so great for people to have options. So, I hope that those of you out there who need help with organization will look into some of the things um, that Tana is doing that's so creative. So, we are, as always happens, we're going to run out of time before we finish talking about all of our topics. So, Tana, if you'll come back, I really want to talk about your hopes and dreams and goals for your kids. But one thing I want to talk about for just a minute is what it's like to have teenage homeschoolers. And, you know, the world tells us that the teenage years should be awful. But as a homeschooling mom, most of the time, they were my favorite years. I loved my kids. They were fun. They were unique. They were creative. I mean, it's not like every day was that day, but by and large, I just (laughs) loved being with them. So tell me a little bit about having your um, first teenager or your first high schooler.
0: Yeah. So my oldest is turning 15 and he's, so he's in ninth grade now. He just started the ninth grade and my youngest, or not my youngest, but my, my next one down the line is a daughter and she's turning 13 tomorrow, actually. So Um, I have loved it. It's so far, it's been one of my very favorite stages so far because, you know, as they get older, you start to learn their personalities, that you start to see things click for them. Like as far as making connections and logic, we get to talk to them about worldview issues that are so much bigger and more complex. Um, Lots of late night conversations. We, you know, with, with babies, we stayed up late. And now with teenagers, we're staying up late. So we never are going to sleep pretty much. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, it's I want been, you to mention you know, this before we, get, before we get too far off the task of um, just talking about how much teenagers sleep.
0: Right. Yeah. So I realized he needed more sleep. And I, I wanted him to be able to have that sleep. And homeschooling affords us that flexibility. So we decided to adjust our schedule So now what we do is, you know, we used to have Bible at breakfast. Now what we do is, you know, as long as he's going to bed at a decent time and not, you know, reading under the covers with a flashlight until two in the morning, as long as he's going to bed at a decent time, we let him wake up when he wants. He has his list of things that he needs to get done by the end of the day. And if he doesn't, then he doesn't enjoy free time. So that's his accountability. And, um, you know, there's some adjustment there, but it's working, but we let him sleep in until he's ready to get up. So now we do Bible at lunchtime so that we can all do it together. And in the morning, I do other things with the little kids. We want them to be able to have that sleep. And so we've had to do a little bit of trial and error to find that sweet spot. But so far, um, that's working well. And I'm really thankful that he gets to sleep. Plus, I get to tell him when the public school kids have to wake up. And he's like, I'm so <laughs> glad I'm home <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that we homeschool."
1: Yeah, That's right. We got to play the strings we have as I'm so long. That's right. <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting, though, when my boys reached the teenage years and they did revert back into those humongous sleep patterns, I did some research and found that it's really a true thing. I mean, it's a researchable thing that teenagers need need a lot more sleep. And there were actually some public school systems that were starting high schoolers an hour late later than elementary school mm. students. So those kids could they get that extra hour in. Sometimes an hour was just not enough of extra sleep. And you're right. The great thing about homeschooling is that they can get that extra sleep and extra light. You know, I read these, Mm -hmm. I read these two studies. They needed light, more light, natural light, and a lot more sleep than we give them credit for. So I Mm. think, I think those are really easy things to overlook and think that's really not important, but I love that you talk about that because it's really Mm -hmm. important for their physical and I think emotional well being.
0: Right. Yeah, and to get them outside doing things and being physical is really helpful, too. So we're working on that. (laughs) Yeah.
1: yeah. One thing we talked about, Tana, is the fact that teenagers like to start talking to you and spilling their guts about 11 o'clock at night. And, you know, I think if nothing else, we can prepare younger moms for this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So... So have you found I mean you found that with your son as well, right? Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. And and my daughter, with my daughter, it started earlier. So she's been doing that for about a year. And I mean, that makes sense, but she'll come into my room just sobbing about something on the news or something. Like she's worried about, you know, the Ukraine or whatever it is. And, you know, my son, it's more like um really thoughtful questions like, well, what about this? You know, with theology or politics or whatever it happens to be and it's never an easy 10 minute conversation. It's always, you know, a rabbit trail, but you know, we're night owls. So it works out for us pretty much, but yeah, really long conversations. You have to really dig deep. By the end of the day, most of my brain cells are gone. So I have to kind of reset myself mentally as we're doing this conversation Mm -hmm. and be like, okay, I need to dig deep into my, you know, into my brain cells and come up with things that are, that are helpful. And actually, As I'm saying that, I'm realizing that the praying is really helpful. So in that moment, sometimes we'll stop and we'll pray with him, you know, or I'll just be praying silently myself, you know, Lord, give me the right words to say, give me wisdom, give me things from your word that can help me teach my kids about this or teach my child about this heavy topic he just brought to me at 1130 at night. And that is it, always helpful.
1: Yes. And, and you know, I just want to reemphasize for parents who might not have reached the high school years yet to not blow this off, but to really mm. take advantage of it. I mean, we, the boys and then Lizzie would come just crash on our bed, sometimes at 11 or 1130, like you're talking about. And at 130. Mm-hmm. Joe would sit up and say, "Okay, does nobody in this house have to get up in the morning but me? I go to work every day, you know." And but <laughs> those those years when they're in high school, they pass so quickly, and mm-hmm. you will wish that you could have those hours back. So take it and right. take advantage of those with your teens when you have them, even if it means you're losing some sleep in the process, and, right. Um, Okay. So, Tana, our time is running out, but I got to ask you one more question. Um, Okay. You mentioned going to the conference with Ocean, um, that Ocean Network sponsored. And I know that you have been a really faithful part of your state organization. Would you just explain what um, state homeschooling organizations are and why you think they're important?
0: Yeah. um, We went to the early conference, like I mentioned, the the first one we went into was in 2010. And as we attended the conference and connected more and more with our state organization, we realized what they do. And what they do is was so much more than just this amazing annual conference. They work year-round year to protect and, our, and expand our homeschool freedoms. They watch the legislator. They see what's happening there. They're fielding phone calls from homeschoolers around the state all the time and giving them accurate legal information, accurate help. For their homeschool. And I realized how valuable it was. And they had, you know, their efforts had changed our lives and had helped us to homeschool successfully. And it was so valuable that we wanted to give back. And so we got connected and got involved because, you know, what state organizations do in your state is so important for the continuing of homeschool freedom. We can't take those freedoms for granted. You know, just because we ha- enjoy these freedoms now doesn't mean that they're not constantly under threat or could be later. So, you know, these leaders and these organizations are almost almost all of them are, you know, came from a grassroots organization and they're all volunteer for the most part. But no matter what, they are working hard to support homeschoolers in your state and to protect your homeschool freedoms. So I definitely recommend, you know, you can go to homeschoolfreedom.com and see if there's a... Um, state organization in your state that champions homeschool freedoms, support them, connect with them, go to their events, get involved, pray for them because the work that they do is really important.
1: Well, thank you so much for that. And Tana, thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Before we go, tell everybody where they can find you.
0: Yes, So you can find me at proverbialhomemaker.com. And if you go to, um, you know, I'm on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook, and I have a Facebook group called Homeschool Successfully Perfection Not Required. So you can go to that and sign up and connect with me with me there. And you can always email me as well. I love to chat with mamas. So feel free to contact me anytime. Well, thank you so much, Tana. And I just
1: pray that the Lord continues to bless your family and your ministry. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope this was encouraging and inspiring for you. If you would like more information, you can find me at Zantyler.com. Until next time, see you later.